All right, here we go. A lawyer talk off the record on the air, 511 South High Productions, LLC Studios. I got a hunch we're not going to hear a telephone ring today. Not a one. I've listened to a couple old ones, and I'm like, that damn telephone, dude. That phone. We are sitting in a new studio. It it, It looks beautiful. We have decided, of course, that we're so good at this that we should build a studio that is commensurate with what we're doing. And we came down to the building here at 511 South High, took a peek around, uh, and we saw it. I had the vision. Jared, you had the vision. In in, in the basement in the brewery district. Mm. Brick from walls. The, from the capital city. Podcast Central. That's Podcast it. Podcast Central. <laughs> it's yeah. the heart of it all. Yeah. We got brick walls. We got, like, uh, you know, exposed raw wood. It does look like a It's, uh, it's like a radio. This is this is it, and it's going to be video. It's going to be audio. It's going to be everything you would ever want in a podcast studio. Still under construction, but looking very well. I took a little snapshot. I'll put it up on our thing about where we're at with this. Yeah, we're getting there, but we still have work to do. Um, DUI three sixty. That's what we're doing. The ever popular DUI three sixty series, and and. We say it every time. We'll just say it again. The idea here is to give you a 360-degree approach. That's a full-circle approach at OVIs and DUIs. And, you know, it's funny. You go into some lawyer's office who does, and he just wants your money. They just want to take your case. They're not going to give you the 360 approach. you got to tune into the podcast for that. Yeah, I don't have the time for it because we got to. You just a took a phone call. That's, you walked down here. You just took a phone call. Yeah. And asking you questions. I just led right into it. I mean, the questions that were being asked were, what do I do if a cop says this? Or what if I do if I get ordered out of the car, but I haven't been drinking? It's like, do you you listen to podcasts? She goes, what's that? It's like, all right, well, here's what you do first. You push the rock off of the top of you because clearly you've been living under it and you, <laughs> you don't know what a podcast is. But I was like, get on there. We got all the answers for you. We do. And, you know, it's funny because this is the, I, we hatched this idea when we would spend – like an hour and a half or two hours with an OVI client on a first meeting, but we would just give them all this information about all the things that can come up and what it is. And I just, I, my standard fare in an OVI meeting was always look or a drunk driving meeting. I, 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 I can go on for hours. Yeah. I can tell you all how much you want to know. All the listeners know that. You, you want to, yeah, they listen to this crap. No, he just keeps on talking. But uh, so why not just record it? And that's what we're doing. Well, I spent like the last 10 minutes of the conversations I have, usually almost every new OVI client that comes in, because everybody wants to pick your brain. We may be done with the meeting, but they're like, hey, this happened to my, to my buddy, or, or what if they say this, or what should I do next time, or so that's a horrible question. <laughs> what should question, I do but, next time? Hey, what can I say? You know what I mean? And it's, it's, I think that's where this sort of developed, because it's like, let's just talk about some of these issues. And it's, it, you got to give it, after 20-some years of doing it, you get some real-world experience. You get, I've dealt with just about... Uh, as many problems as anybody would doing drunk driving work and other sort of criminal work. So let's just share the, let's share the wealth. And, you know, one of the biggest things is we did the to blow or not to blow on the breath test. Yeah. Um, there is probably a breath test 360 series we could do that talks about how these things work, what they do. And there's going to be some, a new breath test coming out. We'll get to that later, but a new machine that's, test that's, 360. that's coming out. But what was interesting to me. You could also go and get some dental work done. Just tape that. <laughs> We gotta make a breath test. Have you seen the video of the girl in uh, New Jersey that that got arrested for underage, and uh, the cop hit her in the head a few times? No, well, you haven't seen this. What I'll happened? Just show, well, I, sh- I just shot. They just uh, released the body cam. 
Okay. And he walks up and sees a, a, a couple girls. Girl? She's 20. 20. And uh, they see some Mike's Heart Lemonade, and it's open. She claims it's her aunt's. And uh, he's like, give me your name. She says her first name, won't give her last name. Oops. And she won't give it. And she said, those are my aunts. And she makes a phone call. She's coming. And she's like, I haven't been drinking. It doesn't matter that it's there. I'm not breaking any laws. I haven't been drinking. He gets this, like, breathalyzer. looks like a flashlight. It's one like I've, I've never seen this before. I should, I'll pull the video. I'll look at it. One, huh? And he's on the beach, and she goes blowing it, and she's, like, two inches away, like, <sighs> you know, and, and he's like, that, that's, that's not working. That's not, you come on, push it up to your mouth there, yeah. blow on it. Now, she blew on it. I don't know that she failed it. I couldn't see it. But then she starts walking away. He, she's being, she's yelling at him. She's being belligerent at him. Yeah. Next thing you know, he wants to cuff her. They're in a scuffle. A couple pops to the head. Just, just with his fist. We had, that's the. I had, I had seen the footage before, which was just from people's uh, yeah. phones that they had recorded. So she's suing him. So that was well. I don't know what's going on. They just. Uh, I saw the, the footage from the. So here's camp. a question with that. It's like that always makes big news, but that officer's got a tough job to do. You know what I mean? If somebody's wrestling with you and you're trying to get in handcuffs and arresting she, them. As I watched it, she was she spit on him. Yeah. She, no, so. she she could have avoided a lot of that by shutting up. Well, yeah. Well, this is this is my now, did, what now, the whole big argument was was with her not giving the last name and she was refusing. Where where do we stand on that? In my store, get people come in and we ID everybody, and they will get so mad, and especially if they're like, "I've been in here." Yeah, and it's like, "I'm, I'm sure you have been in here, yeah. and I know you have been in here, and I've seen you before, but you have to have your ID." And when they leave, I've always found that very odd. As to, I was like, "Why don't they have their ID?" If I leave my house without my wallet or something, and it doesn't happen that often, I would. I would. I gotta go. I gotta go get my, I gotta go back. I, I yeah. feel. I felt naked without yeah. it. And whenever you're of legal age, why aren't you here? It is. Yeah, you oh, got It's right here. Yep. And then sometimes I lost it, or it's in my other pants. I hear that, and literally within walking distance, there's a bureau of motor vehicles. I'm like this. Good news, brother. <laughs> All you gotta do so is easy. walk right across the street. And I was like, "Did you have your social security card and birth certificate?" <laughs> If you've got those two items, you'll need those. You'll need those two items. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah, just go carry them. This one, you pull them right oh, across. How about my passport? Can I use that? Right. Yeah. And oh, I love it when they give me the school IDs. Yeah. I mean, here's what I run into. I'm flashing my my uh, driver's uh, license. There's no beard on there. I'm clean shaven in this one. It's I'm a little bit thinner too. It's almost. So they always do a double take because they think I got like my brother's ID or something. Sure, it's like Paul McCartney in that picture. Doesn't he look at yeah. from a or Kermit the Frog? Kermit Paul the McCartney. Frog. Mm-hmm. There you go. I like that. Well, there used to be – there was a lot of litigation, Supreme Court constitutional litigation about these sort of stop and identify practices where cops would just come up and say, hey, who are you? Give me your identification. And that, that's a little bit different scenario, though, than already being in trouble and then not cooperating. Now, here's what's interesting. I mean, does this individual have a Fifth Amendment right to remain silent and not cooperate in those things? Under certain circumstances, the answer is probably yes. But it really goes to this more – a simpler – question a, a much simpler question which is why you gotta be a jackass well I mean, that, so that's much. the thing she she i really think she could have helped herself a lot by she was she was just being rude she was yelling and she would and then whenever she was making a phone call i thought she was gonna run 
because she was yeah. walking away. I was like, oh, right. here she right. goes. Here because I've got a runner. And like I said, I had seen other people's videos of her getting popped in the head. But you don't see what leads up to that. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a little bit aggressive. I don't think he needed oh, to pop her in the head. He, he already not. tackled her down. Probably not. But the whole thing there, too, is once they're tackling you, here's, here's a good bit of advice. I've never had to deal with this, but I would just put your hands behind your back and relax. Otherwise, they're going to Kimura you. I, I, I have been in around situations where police officers were present, not necessarily because of what I did. But maybe I was close by or maybe somebody I was with was getting questioned or something was going on. It never has occurred to me to be a jackass to the cop ever. I've never gone up and said, you can't do this. What are you doing, man? This is a bunch of bullshit. You can't do this. Like you're going to get an equivalent response coming back at you as soon as you start acting like a jackass. And and these police officers got a tough job to do. They don't need 20 drunk. Your fight uh, is in the courtroom. Teenagers. <laughs> I, it's like it's not on the streets. I had a kid, the, similar to the story you just told, that we had a kid years ago. He was crossing the street at Ohio State carrying a, a case of beer, and it was Halloween. And he was dressed like a, uh, I think it was a cat, like a kitty cat. And he crosses the street, and he looks underage, asks for his name. He does the same thing you just described, Jerry. He just gives his first name, right? Billy. So then this, this, as you say, having this jackass moment. So obviously the argument starts with the cop. He sits down on the sidewalk because the cop's going to write him a ticket for being underage and not identifying himself. And then he makes a statement like, well, we don't do that where I'm from. And he goes, where you're from, we don't do that. What do you mean? You an officer? And he goes, you know, in his drunk state, yeah, I'm an officer. So then he gets impersonating an officer. But here's the the best thing about this case because he gets arrested and taken to jail. We have a magazine around here that uh, is what's called Busted. Or whatever it is where they put the, the yeah, yeah, shots yeah, up on there. Shots. Well, he made the cover of that because he got arrested on Halloween. And he, <laughs> had, he, had, yeah. he had three streaks on his cheeks, little black streaks like a kitty cat. Little kitty cat. So yeah. he made the cover of that bad boy. It was funny because when he came to court, he's like, man, this has already been real embarrassing. I was like, yeah, it sucks. You know, he went through it. He goes, no, that's not the embarrassing part. He goes, you read Busted or whatever the magazine is. Yeah. It's like, no, man. He goes, shit, dude, I was on the cover of that thing. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that's one of those where – if you're a jackass like that, the ramifications are enormous, except that's probably a good thing for him now. That's probably a story yep. that he gets to tell it forever. Is. It is. Yeah. I mean, of course, how do you tell your 10 year old son that one? Oh, you know, one time, Sonny, I was a jackass and I was dressed up like a kitty cat. <laughs> oh, he just compounded his problem. But I think it all worked out in his favor. Now, a friend of mine who's an officer of the law was telling me that they were leaving a concert and he's eating his taco bell in the back of the truck and they get pulled over <laughs> cheesy and, cordita and crunch dog. you know whatever they got pulled over for he's eating his cheesy cordita crunch 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 and they're like i'm gonna see your id and he's like i ain't showing you my id <laughs> and they're like no you got and he said they got into a whole thing and then finally he shows him his id with his badge and he said now i'm getting back to my taco bell and because so, I'd asked him, I was like, you've got to show your ID, don't you? I really always thought that, and I guess it's here or there, that that you had to carry identification for you pretty much when you're walking around on the streets. Yeah, I mean, I would do that just to make it easier for me for any situation that comes up. Yeah. you got to be careful because, like, attorney generals get badges. The lawyers actually get badges, look like cop badges. And I've heard stories about people trying to... Like they get pulled over for a speeding ticket, they make sure their license and their attorney general badge is like right together. So if you flip your license out, you sort of like inadvertently go, you know, I'm a cop. You know what I mean? Or I'm at least a law enforcement 
involved. I've heard that you got to be careful doing that. You know what I mean? Kind of acting like, well, I'm law enforcement and I can do what I want. Well, yeah. This guy's a cop. He's not pretending to be a cop. Yeah, but he's not a cop right now. I mean, he's, he's an off-duty cop, he's probably not in cop. his jurisdiction. Yeah, I mean, it's going to depend. What's he, what was he doing wrong? I don't remember the story. So anytime it's late at night, he you're was, eating Taco he, Bell. They were like, they're probably were, doing something. It's probable cause to arrest you. They were like a country concert. You know, that was kind of the deal. They were, they were, they were at a concert. <laughs> There's going to be different. Yeah, I was, I was at a concert. I get and it. I'm eating Taco Bell. I get yeah, it. I got you. <laughs> Should we spin so, to a new Belinsky Chronicle? <laughs> here's, here's the thing. There is something out there. You know, it's funny how much con- – Jared, we're, we're going to make it a lawyer talk just for a second. It's, a, it's amazing how much constitutional Fourth Amendment law or other screw-ups come out of Ohio. And one of the big ones is this case called Terry versus Ohio yeah. where if police officers are going to go and detain somebody, they got to have a reason to do it. They can't just walk up on you and say, hey, stop right there, young man. What you up to? Uh, that's a Terry stop. It requires reasonable suspicion, which is some fancy talk to say they got to think and they have, they have to be able to explain what they thought this guy or gal was doing wrong. What is the, the in the language we go there has got to be some criminal activity afoot. Yeah. Dressed as a cat, yeah. a cat burglar. Well, ca- well, well if you look they, young what and they, you're, st- what you're what staggering. Of youthful appearance. Of youthful that's appearance. That's the language they use. So, so I discovered they say he was carrying beer, dressed as a cat. And looking of youthful appearance. Now, I look pretty young, I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you look older than 21, though. Oh. <laughs> well, so there, there, there's some but rules this, on This it. is going to rope into that, too. In it's different like we're states. we're talking about DUI, all that stuff. We're going to get to that. And different states have different stop and identify statutes, and I'm sure they've gone up and down the constitutionality flagpole. But that's a whole different topic. But this can apply to everybody. It's like we got summer coming up. You're probably out on a patio having a beer with friends or walking along the sidewalk. We got football a couple months away, but those games, it's like, let's put ourselves in the Ohio State setting. You're sitting there at a tailgate. We need to do a tailgate. A red cup. Yeah. Is a red cup good enough to come up and talk to you? Because what's a red cup usually? You're trying to conceal some beverage. Well, so low cup. And, you know, anybody who's been in that situation, there's like, it's almost like these, it's almost like checkpoint chicken. You're, you're, these people are walking through campus, oh, going yeah. over the bridge or something, going to the game, holding their red cups. Yeah, and it's like there's, you know, there's the uh, rat patrol on the other side, just sort of grabbing every third person with a red yep. cup. Hey, come with me. Yep. Come with me. Ticket for you. One for you too. Yep. Ah, you get to go. Not you though. You come with yep. me. And, and then you uh, got the, then you got we sprinkle in the little jackass stuff. It's like then you got hey stop right there young man and you go whoop dump your cup out. Oh my cup spilled. My cup spilled. Now, why would somebody think, why to, do would that? think to do hmm. that? Because if they don't have the booze, they can't test it. They can't prove that it's booze, that it's an open container. The problem is it becomes something worse. Now, now you're either destroying evidence or you're obstructing official they're business. Tampering. They're tampering. I mean, they, they can come up with all sorts of other things to yeah. charge you with. And then you probably will go to jail. But at any rate, it is, it's just one of those things that if you think – that it can't happen to you as you're walking down the street acting like a jackass yeah. carrying a red cup. It will. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll it'll happen. We should just do one like that. Let's just videotape that. We'll all carry around red cups, fill it with uh, what I just have, saw in this fridge over here, which is some of ginger Jared's. Beer. We'll, we'll fill it with ginger beer. Jared's magical white barbecue sauce. I, I don't think Steve knows that's in the fridge. Well, you better not tell me. I'm taking that crap home. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll just all sip on that. We were talking about doing shots of it and stuff so good. Well, So we'll sip on that, and we'll see how many interruptions we get. What are you talking about, man? This is Coke on ice? You got any rum in there? Nope. Coke on ice, man. But smile for the camera. (laughs) 
All right. Well, let's talk about the topic at hand because I was sitting there staring at my phone this morning and up through a Facebook feed, I see this headline and it says, Victorian police officers faked 258,000 breath tests over five years. Wow. Comma. Lose four million in funding. Now so, my, they, so they don't lose four million; they just lose lose funding. Now it's interesting, right? Because I had to, it took me a second. I was like, Victorian doesn't sound like a city. That sounds like and it, it. A quick read led me to believe that this is actually Australia, land down under. But this is sort of a good introduction to our three hundred and sixty mm-hmm. series on breath tests. And it's sort of interesting. I mean, they were doing all sorts of things to fake these breath tests. They were doing different things to uh, get them done. And you know, I, don't, I don't know exactly how it worked. I want to talk right. about we'll just go how Australia, the most incredible place in the world that does everything right and has now done something clearly wrong. So you said that, not me. But everybody in Australia. I'm going to th- throw a You're going to throw me the softball. Way. It's the poster child for things like gun control yeah. or, or everything else, right? They've, 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 they haven't been a shooting in Australia since they grabbed all the guns and did all this and did everything else. But what, what people are – what they're missing is that when they're doing that, they're giving the government the power. You're giving the government authority over you to make you safe. So whether it's guns, whether it's knives, whether it's whatever, you've given the government authority to say, all right, we're going to take care of this for you. And they don't have a Second Amendment, a second amendment in uh, Australia. Um, like we you do, you can't I possess think. a gun there, right? And that's they've to be got locked up at a yeah. They got some strict, range. strict rules about it. Yeah, um, but you've given the police and the go- or the government authority. Now they exercise that authority through police officers, and it's sort of amazing what people are willing to forget about. And, I, and, and look, I'm good friends with lots of police officers, and, I, and most of them would agree with me. It's like we have a check and balance system in our country where. Mm-hmm. There is a Fourth Amendment, like we were talking about Terry versus Ohio, where you can't just go up and start molesting somebody or, or stopping and frisking somebody just for the sake of doing it. Uh, there's got to be some control. And what happens is when you give people power, it gets corrupt. That's why we have this check and balance. Hmm. I'm, maybe I'm telling people too much of my politic here, but you've got this notion that, oh, they'll take, the government will take care of it. They'll take all our guns and take care of it. But who's coming in to take them? Who's the person who's going to come in and check to make sure you don't have them? Yeah. And then how do you trust that person? And the only way I think in our country we can trust those kind of uh, – trust police officers, which I do most of the time, is because they're, they get called to the carpet all the time on stuff. And by we, who? By the lawyers. By, by the By the system. By the yeah. courts. By everybody. And there's this check and balance in the, in the process that works. Well, here in Australia, I don't know what their rules are, but I'm using it to make my point. Why couldn't you trust the police officers to give a valid breath test, Jared? I mean, they pulled you over. Why how wouldn't? You, why wouldn't you is, expect them to do it right? Valid breath test. So, so how, how do how do they how, how are they rigging the system? Yeah, how do you fake a breath test? Well, it starts out a shocking internal report. I'm shocked. Released last night revealed that officers faked more than 1.5 percent of its 17.7 million preliminary roadside breath tests (PBTs). Many uh, of them. So these are the PBTs. These are the, this is what reliable you get. anyway. Yeah, those are sort of fake ho- hokey anyway. I'm still going to order one of those. We can all. Mess around with it. They're, Steve will blow zeros. I'll blow zeros every time unless I had some mouthwash or something. In the wake of damning statistics, Victorian Transport Accident Commission, the TAC, <clears throat> has suspended $4 million in annual funding. All right, so they, all they did was lost money. 
I mean, who's getting that four million? Somebody ought to get yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's not like they got sued for four million. They became aware of the anomaly late last year when the TAC expressed some concern. What were they doing here? We'll be going to every workplace, speaking report. Here we go. I wonder how you figure out it's been faked. It's widespread behavior. Maybe they were just saying they give it a pre-blow, or they're they're doing their own blow. You can see that or you they're sitting say, there pulling them over. Here we go. Or you just say it's higher than it actually is. You know what I mean? Because it's not like a printout comes out of those machines. It's like a cell phone. It'll just show them what it is, and that'll be the end of it. Well, that was why I brought up that video is yeah. because I she I she, she blows into a breathalyzer that looks like a, a like you know whenever you're pulling in a parking lot, the guy's got the light stick that he's, he's showing you go go right go right. Yeah, it, it look that's what it looked like, uh, and I I just don't know how many different devices that are out there that are used by law enforcement. Well, I'm, I'm trying to skim this article, figure out how they actually faked. It. I can't tell, but the point is is that you've got. People wearing guns and badges in a different country, faking tests that uh, impact your liberty, faking it. And it's, it's a really sort of fascinating fact, I think, to see that now it's exposed, now it's been faked, and is anybody really going to question, maybe we have given them too much authority without yeah. a check and balance. And maybe what we have here, this freedom we have here to challenge these kind of things, actually has some value. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is sort of our preliminary discussion on breath. T- a, a PBT, that's a portable breath test. Did you buy one yet? You no, said you were going to buy I'm one? I'm going to. I, I checked them out. I think you can get a good one for about 100, 150 bucks. That'll be. Is that the cop one? Is that the one I that the police so. use? Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't know what brand they use, but I just look for the best. We one can code. find that out. If yeah. we're going to pick one up, we should at least get one yeah, that right. majority of law enforcement is using. But yeah. it'd be cool to. I have a friend that bought one, and he said it is wildly inaccurate. I mean, it's from, well, from moment to moment as you pop off the plastic mouthpiece to blow, he's like, you'll go all over the board. It'll still tech. I mean, if you blow it and then haven't drank in 48 hours, it's not going to detect alcohol. But if you had a drink, he says it's, it, it varies. It's either, it's, it goes up and down. And that's why it's not admissible in court. It's either like for a, purposes a, of the trial. A, a positive or negative on to arrest you. Now, here's what's interesting. We talked about the big question to blow or not to blow. We talked about maybe the bigger question or a different question, whether you should ever engage in field sobriety. We've got to finish that, though. But, but often what will happen is police officers will give you an opportunity to take a portable breath test. You like the word opportunity? Mm, I've had that opportunity. I have, right. too. I have never had that opportunity. I was in college i think i told that story in here once it'll probably come out in a chronicle but yeah so you had an opportunity to take a breath test a portable breath test to prove that you have not been drinking so if you've been pulled over on the side of the road and you think you can fake your way through the fact that you just had six pints of a good solid ipa five percent or six percent or even three pints and that you can say i just had one or two or even none you're going to have an opportunity to prove it with a portable breath test very often Here's my position on that. I do not see portable breath tests related to drunk driving very often. I would say one or two in ten we see. Every time I see it, I think the officer is on the fence because it always comes at the end. It always comes after the field sobrieties, and the officer is like, yeah, you know what I mean? You did okay on this test. Yeah, I just I don't feel comfortable with you driving away. Are you okay taking this portable so I can see where you're at? It's like I always think from my perspective, from building a defense whenever i see that portable come out at the end i just think he's down himself he's see it's himself. it's interesting because 20 years ago when i started we saw a lot more of them 
portable breath tests were being used really as, I mean, they, you would take a PBT and they would use that as probable cause to justify the arrest, or like either contemporaneous really with field sobriety tests, not really at the end like you're describing. That's the usually the times I see it with OVIs in particular. Now, with kids, like that situation, underage drinking, they'll line kids up and all that yeah, stuff. As a, as, a, as a yes or no, a pro or con, maybe. They don't start out by saying, I, I've never seen that happen. So they say, step out of the car, you know what I mean? You've been drinking now, you smell like alcohol. I can detect that odor coming out of your breath here. You know what, before we get into all this other stuff, why don't you just blow for me into this portable one and we'll see where you're at. I've never seen that happen. Have you? No. I've never well, seen, never no, seen the, the, way, the way it happened to me was after after the eye test, after the walk test. After, after all the after, shit. After all that, it's whenever he, he was, today's your lucky day. And he had this thing in his hand. And I said, that don't, doesn't look lucky at all. He said, if you blow over, I'm going to have you park your car over there and somebody can come get you. If you blow yeah. and you're okay, you get to go home. Yeah. And I debated it, and I blew in it, and I left. I all right. So somehow you were under. So I somehow I yeah. was I was under. Yeah. And so now I've been in situations which you mentioned once before to where if there, if you had anything to drink tonight, now I'll come on. You've had one beer. If I hear that now, I just say this: If you've got a portable test, let's do it right now. Yeah. There, because that's not a bad way because I'm not. I haven't been yeah. drinking. Yeah. And last night I drank responsibly whenever I went and had a steak dinner. I had iced tea. Yeah. That was yeah. my responsible drinking. So if if for some reason I'd have got pulled over last night and they wanted to give me the biz because it's ten thirty, and they took give me the biz, <laughs> I would have just said, "Well, officer, I would like to take a test." But See, I'm not going to walk around though. You yeah. saw me walking up and down the stairs the other day, and you were like, "Oh uh, yeah," and I was like, "Oh, I got a, I got a bad knee." Yeah, I, that's you, oh, you asked sure. me something's wrong. You wouldn't see that normally, yeah. And especially if you had alcohol in your breath, and they saw you doing that, they'd think, "Oh, let's well, get that's that's how drink. I would." I mean, there's a good chance that I wouldn't walk a straight line. This like I, right, right now, right now. We'll put the cameras up. We'll do that sometime too. But here's a problem. So I had a, I might have told the story, but I'll tell it briefly. Which was we, I went to school in Iowa at St. Ambrose University, which is a Catholic school, and we would always go and hang out with because I had friends that were there from Iowa. We'd go to the University of Iowa. Well, my buddy goes out and gets wasted, has fun, parties, but he is the kind of guy that always shows up for work, and he's a hardworking guy. It doesn't matter if he had two hours of sleep. So he goes partying. He's, he works at Target. So he's got to get back to where we are to get his job in Target. So he gets his ass up at like 5 a.m. to drive the hour and a half back to get to, his, to get to his job. He gets stopped. So he stopped on the side of the road, and he's like, dude, I'm wearing last night's clothes. My hair's messy. I haven't brushed my teeth. And this cop's like, you've been drinking, dude. It's 7 a.m. And he's like, well, I mean – Last night, I was drinking. That happens to him. So he blows on the breath test. I think it was .06. Really? The cop goes, dude, it's your lucky day, but you better watch out because you're still showing close to the legal limit. I'm going to let you let him go. But I remember him telling that story and being like, damn, dude, you got to be careful, man. I didn't think I was under the influence anymore. You wake up groggy sometimes, but you don't feel drunk. See, that's the difference between what you might call responsible drinking yeah and real drinking yeah okay so like this, this, is, this is the I, same I, guy i love this man i love him ryan if you're out there i won't say your last name great guy he's got four kids and i think he's a doctor i mean he's a smart sharp dude the same dude this is a, i gotta say this steve steve's looking at his phone like he's son of a bitch mm. you're getting, no, off, have getting us off this is the same guy that when he was working at target he worked like i said he studied hard he'd stay up late studying dude he'd go in, but he'd still get into work well back then we had something called tapping the root where we'd give plasma and plasma gave us beer money. 
You know what I mean? So twice a week we'd be t- we'd be tapping the root. So, and, and so right Ryan, after it's it's you drink less. So if, dude, so Ryan stays up all night studying for an exam, some you know chemistry or some anatomy or something related to being a doctor. Stays up for this exam, goes and taps the root after his exam, and then goes to Target to work. So he comes home that night, and he's got stitches right underneath his chin. We're like, dude, what happened to you? He's like, man, I wasn't feeling that good after tapping the root. So he's standing there checking somebody out at Target, literally just get, getting their, their grudge. Beep, 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 yep. Passes out, bashes his chin on the counter in front of this person, starts bleeding, just out, out cold, passes out. So the best part about the story is that he comes back the next day and all the people are laughing because they know what happened to him. Well, they went and got the camera footage <laughs> of him passing out and whacking his head on the counter in front of this blood of this uh, customer. So that's the same guy. I love him, but he's got some funny stories. My other buddy uh, started at the same target. He quit the same day because they had him clean out a bathroom. And let's just say he found somebody's dirty underwear after a bad time in the in the toilet he went back and handed <laughs> at the man- target yep at target he went back and handed the manager's broom it was his first day he his manager's broom says i can't do that man i quit i'm done I'm, yeah <laughs> these are the guys i hung out with within college and they probably will be referenced in numerous alcohol related stories as we continue with the dui 360 one day i'll share some alcohol related stories i had a good friend that uh, was a steward at the restaurant and uh, orders would show up truck would show up you know five six in the morning and he would go out partying, and he would park his car behind the restaurant. And he would go out drinking at the bar, and then he would get dropped off at his car, 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> to the back seat. He was like, I'm just, I don't want to drink and drive, so I just have my car sleep parked off. at work. I sleep at work, get up, go to work. My car's here when I'm off the shift. <laughs> we have to have a physical control, DUI 362, Steve. Because well, that is the physical control world. We've got to talk about physical control. And we we got to talk about the big breath test topic. I mean, we're talking about PBT, sort of. So the the portable breath test, the takeaway I always heard is that they are not reliable. No. That they don't. Uh, and, and, again, I think we should probably say this, too. Back to the bigger question or the other question, which is should you take field sobriety tests? This sort of falls in line with that field sobriety test category, right? There is no, just so everybody's clear, there is no real consequence legally required or there's no required consequence for saying no to a pbt you're on the side of the road you've had your four or five ipas and they say would you take a pbt you get to say no i'd rather not no or even just be kind yeah no no thank you maybe some other time that's what my daughter always says when i try to give her food she doesn't like or something new no no thank you hey would you go make your bed no thank you no thank you would you go clean up the bathroom no thank you so there's 200 and 50,000 false tests, or whatever the number was, is that from, like, checkpoints? Or was that just from day-to-day uh, operations? Day-to-day or, operations. Know, day-to-day operations. They were just doing fake tests. And I think what was going on is the idea was, I, I don't know, my, here's my guess, is that they got lazy. They didn't feel like justifying everything they were doing. So they just fake it and make the test and everything's clean. And, and I'm guessing they probably have some different impact there uh, as a, in their system. Uh, on PBTs yeah. than they do here. So it probably meant a little bit more. Lots of people probably got in trouble as a result of it, and that's that. And this happens here every now and then where we have we have uh, stuff come up where there's been some widespread 
corruption or problems or issues with uh, with some police officer conduct, even relevant to OVIs. And you yeah. just, I guess, the point of this is we don't have to take any of this for granted. We get to go challenge this stuff. We get to exercise our rights. You have precious few, really, if you really want to count them up. Mm-hmm. One of them is to say no thank you to the old PBT, no thank you to the old uh, walk and turn, one leg stand, HGN, all that stuff. You just get to say no thank you. And, and, you and there's not ramifications to that like the administrative yeah. license suspension you previously talked about. Yeah, there is, there is not. Um, so... I think that's a good place to wrap up the old PBTs, and we'll uh, we'll get back to it. With I think the next one on breath test has to be the big test, the big box. We'll yeah. call it. So yeah, the portable breath test. When we've talked about if you refuse, if you blow over, this is what's going to happen to your license. That doesn't have any ramifications. None of that has any ramification. So, okay. uh, all right, that is a little mini DUI three hundred and sixty on Australia PBTs, crazy people in Jersey. And Jeff's stories, the beard stories. Be careful giving plasma. The plasma story. All right. Lawyer talk. And be wise. Tap the root. That's what we used to call it. Yeah. Tap the root. Lawyer talk, off the record, on the air, DUI 360 until now.